So this story had a profound impact on me, but I am seeing it have a profound impact on others now, and I can just see that tracking into eternity. So you can hear this as what I hope you will see as an amazing thing that God did to encourage me, but I hope you don't just hear it as a tiny mustard seed that was a cool thing that God did for me once. I hope you see it as something which he is doing in my life and which will extend into all eternity because everything he does is eternal. So can we put up that beautiful picture of that puzzle? Lovely AV team. So this is, I don't do jigsaw puzzles very often, but I do do them when I need to settle myself because I find they're a good way to just sit and do something while I learn to be still. So I bought this jigsaw puzzle from Wickles a few weeks back. Um, as most of you will know, as a family, we're going through a bit of a testing time with Nick's health. Uh, God's doing amazing things, but it's also not easy all of the time. So I went to buy this puzzle, and I wasn't an overly spiritual experience. When I looked at it, though, I did it reminded me of the scriptures about the sparrows and how not a sparrow falls to the ground without him knowing. He knows the number of hairs on my head. Why would I worry about anything? So I started to do this puzzle, and then I got some pieces which had some what looked like some text on them, and I was like, wouldn't be a Bible verse on a puzzle I bought from Whitcalls, would it? Um, but it was. <laughs> and if you looked at that puzzle, I mean, I would have put quite a lot of money on the script, if there's going to be a scripture on that puzzle, it being a scripture about God looking after the birds, or about nature, or some such thing. But can you put up that other one, guys? Um, the scripture on this puzzle is Exodus 15, 2. So I'll read it to you, and then I'll tell you why this is so remarkable. So Exodus 15, 2 says, The Lord is my strength and my song, and he's become my salvation. The Lord is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will extol him. Now, as we were um, going into this time that we're going into with Nick's health, we had two resounding words come from this body about the story of the Red Sea crossing. So the story when the Israelites have just come out of Egypt, they're pursued by Pharaoh and his men, they look like they're trapped, the Lord parts the Red Sea, he closes it on the Egyptians, and he says, I do this all to glorify myself to the Egyptians. So that's the scriptures that is written about in Exodus 14 and 15. So who would have thought that a puzzle I bought from Whitcalls <laughs> would have any scripture on it, let alone one that he'd said that about? Um, the other cool thing, just to continue with the coolness of this, is that um, Jess also had a word early on where she said, look, I don't, I don't know what Gabriella's name means, that's our daughter, but I know it's significant. Gabriella means God is my strength. The Lord is my strength in my song. So that's amazing, eh? But as I said, um, although that was... I knew he'd said that. I didn't really need him to confirm his word, but it did encourage me. But actually what's encouraged me more is the, the resonance that when he does something, that continues... So every time we share this story, I see him do something in people. And it's not the same thing as what he did in me. It's the thing that he wants to do in them. 
Uh, I shared this with a, a colleague of mine the other day who didn't, doesn't know the Lord yet, and she started to weep. <laughs> she was just so, she's like, I don't know what's happening, but she was just so touched by the living God. Not by the story, but by the living God. And so we've talked about his goodness a few times since then. So, as I say, I hope you're encouraged by that story. But more than that, I hope that you see that everything he does resounds into eternity. It's not a thing he does once for one person. It's a connected thing from now and forever. So in our continued theme of love, we're up to the part in 1 Corinthians 12 that says, love never fails. So we'll read it from verse 1. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly, it does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as I have been fully known. But now faith, hope and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. So what's he saying in verse 8? Love never fails. So this is a a small part of a much longer sentence. And what he's saying in that much longer sentence is that there are these these great things God gave us for now while the church has been built into its fullness. They're great. They're from God. We eagerly desire them. But they're not here forever. They're not eternal. The thing that's eternal is love. So this whole scripture does two things. It speaks really clearly to us about the nature of God, love, the nature that's to be perfected in us. But it's top and tailed with a caution that says, hey, (laughs) make sure this is the thing you're pursuing. Don't get caught up in things that are from me, but won't be there in eternity. They're not my purpose, because my purpose is you and me. These are just things that help to bring us together. So we're talking about this a lot in the evening with the gifts, so I'm not going to labour the point. 
much. There's heaps of rich teaching on that that you can come out and hear um, or listen to on playback. But yeah, we do need to hear it as a warning that if we, if we miss the point of our whole lives, which is to know him and be perfected in his nature, we will be disappointed. We'll still get into heaven, but we will have missed the point of our lives. So it's, we need to hear it as a warning, I guess. And then we need to go, okay, so how do we heed that warning? And that's what I'm going to talk about this morning, is how do we make sure that it is love that we're pursuing and not other things that are from God, but which are not going to last forever. And so, because they're not going to last forever, they can't be the point. The other cool thing about his way is that what he wants in the future is what he wants now. So he doesn't say, do all these things now, and then in the future, we'll have this cool relationship. He says, what I want now is us to have this amazing relationship. So the way to the future is now. He's a genius. Um, The other thing about the way is it has to be simple. So the gospel is open to all. Everybody is invited. So the way, his ways can't rely on things that some people have and some people don't have. Can't rely on cleverness. Can't rely on resources. Can't rely on the internet. Can't rely on having lots of Bibles. It has to rely on things which we all have which are us and him. (laughs) Simple. So come with me to John 15, where we've already been this morning, funnily enough. The answer is abiding. (laughs) That's the how. That's how do we pursue love. That's the position from which we pursue love. So let's read a good chunk of this too. We'll start from chapter, from verse 1. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, throw in away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be made full. This is my commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if I do what I command you. 
No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all the things that I have heard from my father, I have made known for you, known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain, so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. This is my, this I command you, that you love one another. So there's way more than here than I understand yet, and there's way more in here than I'm going to talk about this morning. I'm going to focus on two things. So the first is, what, what defines this abiding posture? What is it? What's he saying? And the thing that I um, really clearly heard him say is the thing that defines... The thing that defines abiding isn't God's closeness to you. It's your openness to God. There is no distance between you and God. If you have accepted Jesus, there is no separation. Read Hebrews 10. Read the whole Bible, but Hebrews 10 gives an amazing (laughs) articulation of what, what nothing else could do, Jesus did. We're joined to him, he's in us, he can't be closer. I really feel like um, some of you have been taught or think that when you sin, distance is created between you and God, it's not. As we've heard this morning, sin entangles us in ourselves. It drops our sights onto ourselves. And so it makes it harder for us to feel connected to God, but there is no distance. If you think there's distance, you'll live really differently because you'll live in this circle of, oh my goodness, I've done sin and now I need to confess and now I need to do this. So you'll keep going round and round and round. It's, It's a really kind of strange to say, but actually the fact that you know that he is fully, absolutely joined and present with you in all of that frees you. It's weird, it seems like it shouldn't, but it does. You're like, I know you're with me in this. You're not. There's no issue here except for the fact that you don't like it because it damages my relationships with you and with others. That's different from there's a distance we need to close now. Really, really different. So he references this in verse 3 where he says, you're already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. So the question of can I be joined to you or not, he hasn't even died and risen yet, but he's timeless. So he's saying there, this thing that is going to sound impossible to you, I have said it's not. This joining is possible. So if it's not about our closeness to God... What is it about? It's about our the posture and orientation of our life 
So abiding is about a life that's lived in constant and continuous connection to him with his life flowing through us in the same way that we breathe in and we breathe out because we're, we're connected to him. So the flow just happens. So the metaphor he uses here through this first half of the verse is the vine and the branches. So if you look at a plant in the way that the, the vine and the branches are connected and what keeps them connected, they are connected on the surface. So the bark is connected between the vine and the branches, but the thing that nurtures that connection is the innermost connection. It's the connection under the skin, deep within. So if the branch could be connected superficially but internally, the connection wouldn't take, there wouldn't be fruit because the fruit comes from the sap going from the vine (laughs) through the branches. If those inward parts are connected, there will be fruit. And that's what he promises here. He says, abide in me and I in you and you will bear much fruit. He says there will be pruning. Pruning's about what you do to the outside of the branch to make sure that it can bear the weight of more fruit. But the pruning isn't the source of the fruit. The outside stuff isn't the source of the fruit. The source of the fruit is a one-way flow from the vine to the branches inside. Does it sound like truth in our innermost being? Yeah, rooted and grounded in love. So, you know, I've... The things of God, you can't quite tell exactly A plus B plus C equals now I'm convinced. Um, But I'm just convinced of that now. I'm just convinced that if I stay close to him, he will perfect me. Because he says he will. He says if you abide in me and I abide in you, you will bear much fruit. And then he says some other cool stuff that we'll talk a little bit about later. That's what it says, but it, I'm not convinced just because he said it. I'm convinced because he has convinced me and in my innermost parts of that. So that means that I don't... It's not that I'm not aware of my behaviour, but I'm not defined by it. Because I know that he'll... As night follows day, if I stay close to him his life flow will perfect me. It's upside down though, eh? It's upside down from it's all this outside stuff that once I get better I can get closer to him and then maybe I can get closer again and get a bit better. It's upside down. Well, it's the right way. So this fruit, he says later, this is fruit that will last, eternal fruit. What lasts? Him, his character, love. So we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit here. That's what will be demonstrated as his nature through us. So effectively, the question of how do I make sure that I'm pursuing the thing that he says to pursue, which is love, while desiring the other good things that he provides to build the church... Um, abiding is your insurance. If you're abiding, 
if you're staying close to him, living in openness to him, then you will be pursuing love. There's no risk from that posture that he's going to let you lead you astray because he's faithful and he won't do that. The other side of that is it's the only way. So he is the vine, we are the branches. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So there is no other way. Simple, eh? (laughs) My way, live in connection to me, you will bear much fruit, the kind of fruit I'm looking for, the kind of fruit that will make your life complete now. Apart from that, um, there is nothing. We're in the clanging gong, building our lives on things that are passing away category. Um, There's a bit in there. Another translation talks about it as um, branches that wither, which is interesting in light of Mel's beautiful message the other week. But I don't know if you know that place. I know that place of knowing that he's close but living like I'm apart from him. That's exactly what it feels like as a, as a withering, drying up. You know there's no eternal fruit. Beautiful. So the other theme that I want to explore a little bit from here this morning is his command to love one another and how that fits into all of this. Yeah, and like... Like Greg said, the thing Mel said a couple of weeks ago has echoed with me too, the obey his commands and be changed or self-medicate and stay as you are. It is as simple as that. It's, sorry team, (laughs) our way or his way. Our way will get the fruit of us and his way will get the change that he promises His commands come, or the ability to obey his commands come from him. (laughs) Okay? This is why we have to have his life flowing through us. This is why he says some quite nice sounding stuff, like the stuff I've just talked to you about. The abide in me, I'll make you like me. And then he'll drop in this other command which seems hard and burdensome if you don't look at it in the context which he's saying it. So he says, so from verse 12, the focus shifts from what could feel a bit like me and Jesus. So abide in me, me and you, you'll bear much fruit. To um, if you abide in me, you'll obey my commands. My command is that you love one another as I've loved you. (laughs) Like, ooh, that's... Sounding trickier than the stay close to me part, although sometimes we struggle with that too. So why? Why Why does he talk about this here? So there's a twofold piece. The first part is, it's never really two, it's always kind of one, but I'm going to take it in two angles. Love has to be demonstrated. Love is something that is unto another. 
and the fruit of abiding will be demonstrated in the way we can treat others. And he says, in particular, my people will be distinguished by their ability to love one another. That is the thing which the world will say, they're his disciples. They love. Where's the source of that love? And we say, it's him. The other angle is that he, his design is that he ministers his love that flow from him to us through us. So some of it comes this way and some of it comes this way. He's building a family. Him, the Spirit and the Father are one and their desire was to build a family. So everything he does looks to build oneness this way and that way. So it's this, <laughs> this bit's dynamic. The, the flow this way is to be always one way. But then sometimes he works that out through and between us. So I'm convinced that it's not an optional add-on, being prepared to minister his love and receive his love through each other, isn't it? It's not a, do you want to get it directly from me all the time, or do you want to be built up through each other? It's not a choicey kind of a thing, and it's not a choice because he says it's not a choice. But when you understand why and what he's building, you go, well, that would, of course he's not going to do it that way. What he's doing for the future, he's doing now. He's building a people for himself for eternity now. <laughs> not going to build a set of individuals all interdependently and then think that it's going to why would he do that he's trying to eternity starts now so why am I convinced Uh, most of you know my story about how he he taught me to run and as he was showing me how the human body is designed he showed me what he was saying in Ephesians 4 He showed me what it means for the body to build itself up in love. The body isn't building itself. Christ is building the church, all joined from the head, which is Christ, positioned and ordered by him, with love flowing from him to each other. It's his design. It's his design because his eternal purpose is a people not lots of persons. I'm also convinced because I experienced this before I understood it, before I had any understanding in the least about any of this. When I came to Christ, I was wrapped in a family, a family like I'd never known before. And I was nourished and fed and aligned and supported by people who I had often not much in common with, not much relationship in the beginning. I knew from the time I was a newborn baby in Christ that this was his design. And he is 
continuing to just <laughs> the thing that you think you know, he goes, you don't know as you should, because <laughs> he is another dimension to how I build my body up in love. So, part of what's becoming more evident to me is that relationship is super important. Discipleship, which is a relational expression of the body, is super important and pivotal. But the body is way more than the relationships we have. I am supplied by way more than the people who know anything about me or who I know anything about. Why does that matter? Uh, Because, again, it opens my posture to go, there's a lot happening that I don't understand. And also, uh, if I think that being built up in love is about relationship, I risk being entangled. Because it's not about relationship, it's about him and how he builds us together. That's a different thing. One combined, the other allows movement. Because I don't need you, (laughs) I need Christ and he will supply through his people. And you don't need me, you need Christ and he will supply through his people. So the way that um, this has been enlarged for me, again in this um, testing time we're having, Nick and I, it is just so palpable to Nick and I, the carrying of the body. So there are, we could write volumes about the one-to-one ministry of God's love we've had from his people. Volumes, amazing, absolutely part of his design. Uh, but what we, we both can just feel that this thing made for his glory but not easy to go through, um, it's like he, he sees it, he allows it, he intercepts it and he distributes it according to his design and to the capacity to carry so there are people, you know, people who've known nothing about it, who've just prayed the most amazing prayers. There are that puzzle. Honestly, I, I, the powers and principalities just must look at this and just go, look at that neuron firing. What is that? That's the manifold wisdom of God. Honestly, it's just that I can't speak sometimes, quite a lot of the time at the moment. But we feel it. Um, And it's not burdensome. Like, even some of the practical stuff that happens, I'm like, oh, it's just almost hard to receive because it's just so generous and abundant and overwhelming and pure. But at the same time, I'm like, I can tell it's not burdensome because he's distributing a burden according to his design. He could... Not do that if his design was different, eh? He could just give us this amazing strength to do it all, but that wouldn't be building what his eternal purpose is. It would be building pride, probably, if we're not careful, but it certainly wouldn't be building us together. So one of the... um, One of the pictures Nick and I both have is it's like um, a pack of animals where we are at the moment. We are the weak and the wounded... And we just keep moving, you know, forgetting what's behind, pressing forward. But we are surrounded by the strong, 
We don't need to look to the left or the right. We don't need to worry about what's behind or ahead because the pack has that and it's not burdensome to the pack. (laughs) It's amazing, eh? It's stunning. Relationship is important though. Like I don't want anybody to hear this is all a spiritual reality where there isn't a need for deep relational work as well. Because that's not his design, it's not what he patterned, it's not what he says in his word. And he's talked to me a, a bit about in the relationship, which is often where the push and pull is, right? There is the, the beautiful ministry, which is the kind of blessing overflow, but there's also where the iron sharpens iron, the sandpapering occurs. And he said to me, it's like we're burning bushes to each other in those environments. So the purpose of the burning bush was to be something unusual that Moses turned aside and heard the voice of God. What's happening there? Why isn't that being consumed by fire? Turn aside. God speaks to him. And he's been saying to me, that's, that's what you are to each other. You all carry some of the mysteries of God, for want of a better word. Why are you going through this and not being consumed? Where does that peace come from? That's what joy looks like. We can't give it to each other. We can't. But the opportunity is, am I prepared to turn aside? Am I prepared to go, oh, like going on about this thing that's not my reality again? (laughs) Am I going to walk past it again? And in his goodness, he'll come again. Or am I going to go, actually, I'm going to lay down my guns here and go, actually, this has been going on for a while and it's still not being consumed. (laughs) Maybe it's you. It's a different orientation though, eh? It's not I'm in discipleship to try and give you what I've got, convince you what I think you need, receive what you've got that I haven't because I'm on the receiving end all of the time. (laughs) It's a lot more rest in it. But you do. Just look for invitations for things you might keep walking past and going actually... Maybe I do need to turn aside here and go, is that you? Again in this time, the relationship piece. So the God hasn't given me very many specific commands for this time. So he's spoken those scriptures that I talked to you about before. He's, I could write volumes about the things he's done and said. I, have written quite a lot but the one enduring command he has given me specifically is keep reaching out to my body Uh, he only gives us commands that he is empowering so there isn't any can I or can't I there is a do I feel like it or not but that's a different matter but it's been really humbling and revealing and encouraging because funny what comes up. Sometimes I'm like, I don't want to share the bad news. 
I don't know why, but you know, these things where there's just a challenge to the heart of, are you going to reach out or are you going to not? But here's how good he is. So we had a, and in the, oh, like I say, the volumes that he has spoken through his people, um, just the ministry of pure, the purity of love that we have received is just unspeakable. But there's a time a couple of weeks ago where we'd had an um, unexpected negative thing happen. I could ended up in hospital unexpectedly, and I was just sick of it. I was, was just over it. And the thing about him knowing he's there is he's right there. I'm not thinking there's any distance. I'm not thinking that he's upset that I'm upset or... It's like, you know, he's here. <laughs> I'm like, just, I literally said to him, it's like, just best you talk to someone else, because I don't even know if I'm hearing you, just, I'll just be here for a minute, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I knew, you know, I was aware of this, keep reaching out to my people, but here's how good he is, right? So I'm sitting in hospital, having a sulk, ding, ding, within five minutes, it's Kirsten. <laughs> with an encouragement and then two minutes later it's Amanda because it's their discipleship night (laughs) and they're praying and again it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance eh so then I'm like at that point I'm like oh come on you know (laughs) at least you know I owe a couple of people a text and just over the next 24 hours again even this is how how him it is and how connected he is to us, that even, even when I'm too stroppy to do the one thing he's asked, he comes, because he still knows what I need, and I'm just further brought to my knees by his kindness, so I'm like, God, you're so, you know, I'm at the kind of stage of love where I'd be like, well, I've only asked you to do one thing, and you haven't, so <laughs> when you're ready to do that one thing, then, well, but he's not like that. But again, he, he wanted to minister to me through his people then. Not this way. So I hope that the encouragement to you in that is that we have a God who's close. We have a God whose design now and forever is to be in close, loving relationship with us and for that relationship to be demonstrated in our love for each other. And the encouragement, as I said at the beginning, is it's not a complicated thing. All we need to come into this is what we have, which is us and him and each other. Don't overcomplicate it. He is with you. He can't be closer. We're with each other. We're not getting away from each other now or into eternity. So celebrate that too. Open yourselves up to give what you have and to receive freely from others. Father, Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you, Lord, that you are not a God who's far away. Thank you that everything has been done so we can live 
in close fellowship with you and each other. And Father, I just ask for each of us that that you would let us simplify, Lord, that you would let us strip away the things which we might have been taught or think that exalt themselves up against the knowledge of you 